0: What's up, Faramers? Welcome to the Ferrum Athletic Company podcast. I am your host, Andrea Warner. I am also the co-owner and co-founder of Ferrum Athletic Company. If you would like more information on us, please visit our website at www.ferrumathletico.com. And now, on to today's show. What's up, farmers? Welcome to this week's edition of the Farm Athletic Company podcast. We are lucky to have two guests with us today. The ever-so-famous Sherry Mooney, everybody's favorite guest. Woo. Woo! And Christian Ellison, one of our members, one of our clients, been with us for a year and a half now? A little more um, than a year and a half. Yeah. A, little more. a little more? than yeah, a year January and a half? January 2022. Yeah, because it was um, 2022, correct? Yeah.
1: Yep. A year and seven months
0: and I'm excited for this conversation. I'm more than excited. I'm actually really freaking pumped for this conversation.
1: <laughs> so, I- Sherry.
0: can you tell Hey, yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> She's over here like twitching back and forth and twiddling <laughs> her thumbs and
2: It's just when the microphone is pulled off.
0: This conversation is going to be amazing and I'm really pumped for it. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the whole thing, give us a background on you. Tell us about yourself, where you're from, what you do for a living.
1: Where I'm from is complicated. I have a very, yeah, I have an interesting story. I was born in Zambia. So I grew up partly in Zambia and in Tanzania and Africa, but also Norway, so I'm of Norwegian heritage, but my family lived in Africa. Moved to the US when I was 14 to Seattle. Um, I have a long history in the medical field. I have a degree in microbiology and immunology and uh, threw that away at some point, And got into refrigeration. But before that, I was in actually, oddly enough, in diabetes research. Mm -hmm. For a while, and also worked at a tissue um, transplantation foundation and laboratory. So I harvested tissues for transplantation and things like that, Mm -hmm. including eye tissue and heart and bone and skin. Uh, Then got into refrigeration, and currently I run a subsidiary of an Italian compressor manufacturer. And we're located here in Jacksonville. I moved here in October of 2021. And came... You guys in January of 2022.
0: Yeah, not too long after, and thanks to um, Ted and Wendy, yeah, Prachios for sending you our way.
1: Yeah, I had a conversation with Ted because you know starting this company was pretty brutal on my body. Uh, I one year I flew like I don't know two hundred and twenty thousand miles or somewhere. I mean I traveled thirty eight weeks out of the year, had no time to really take care of myself, and that took about ten years. Yeah. So I knew, I knew I had to do something. The time it was, had come. It was, the time had come to try to you know figure something out because I wasn't feeling that good. So
0: yeah, and. At one point in your life, you were a pastor. Yes. At one point in yeah. your life, you did bodybuilding training. That's one, a long time ago. Long time ago, but you, I mean, you have been been into a little bit of everything, yeah. which makes you super cool to talk to. <laughs> we always enjoy your stories and love the education that you provide all of us because a big part of what we do isn't just educating our clients, but we also learn from you guys as well from your life experiences, things that you've been through. We're constantly learning
3: yeah.
0: from everybody. We never, we never want to walk around believing that we are the the end all be all as far as sources yeah. are concerned. Right? Yeah. So we love all of our conversations with you, oh, cool. which brings us into when you walked in our doors Yeah. and you met, you were lucky enough to meet me first. <laughs> Sherry was. I had COVID. Oh, yeah. yeah, you had COVID. That's yep, right. I was COVID. like, where were you at that mm-hmm. time? Like, because you're always here. So, yep, you were out because of COVID. So, we sat down and had a consultation. Mm-hmm. And what I vividly remember about our consultation is you had back pain all the time, mm-hmm. even just sitting there talking to mm-hmm. me on the bench, yeah. had back pain. Um, you had had a trainer in Seattle, you had been working out. Mm-hmm. But it had been a while because well, six, you moved months. here in October.
1: Yeah. And during the pandemic, I was flying back and forth between Seattle and here. And I did up to 18 months every two weeks.
0: Yes. So I it was, was my, Yeah.
1: It was pretty hard on my body.
0: A lot of traveling. A lot of traveling. And you were looking for some help. And Ted was awesome enough to send you our way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as soon as you started talking about your back, I was like, Sherry is going to be the perfect coach for you. Yeah. And it's actually been part of what we do is when people come in the door and they start talking to us hearing what you've been through hearing your story hearing your goals hearing where you need to go we're we're automatically thinking of which coach on our staff would be best to help
3: because mm-hmm.
0: it doesn't do any good to throw yeah. you with a coach that we don't feel is going to be a good match so yeah. it's kind of like a matchmaking service at the same time
3: yeah yeah
0: because it's it's a journey yeah. and you guys everybody has to get along right we take you through your assessment. You had, you've had knee pain that you've been navigating, back pain. When you started with us, it was to get healthier, to feel better. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about what it was like when you got started.
1: Well, I'd had two back surgeries. So, I mean, back pain has been part of my life since my early 20s. I herniated, I mean, even before I herniated, I had regular, constant back pain. Uh, but the back pain stemmed from that. It's just once they did two microdiscectomies from a herniation in the same spot, L5-S1. So I, that I thought was something I was just going to have to live with, maybe try to strengthen it a little bit. Uh, the knee was pretty swollen at the time. Little did I know that there was significant arthritis, a torn meniscus in both knees. Uh, but no, it was, it, it was great coming in there. It, it was pretty intimidating, that little... Uh, our, our little hole cupboard our little okay. cupboard with uh, weights being thrown around, which was not something I was used to even when I lifted when I was young. I mean there were barbells being thrown over the fucking place, like it was there yeah. well, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> but I was like, I'm gonna give this a shot
0: yeah. and that's in our old space, there were a lot of people that were intimidated to walk in the door, and it was a a big trust factor. having you come in and you're like, all right, they're telling me that this is what we're gonna do. I'm looking around and I'm seeing some crazy things, but I'm going to give it, give it a go. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Let's talk about how this journey started with, because you trained with me for a couple of sessions until Mm -hmm. Sherry came back. Sherry, talk about how this all started with him. Tell the truth though.
2: Tell the truth. Okay. I remembered corrective exercises and your legs shaking. Yeah. I'm like, we've got some work to do yeah. if we want to get back to bodybuilding status. Right. So So, um, no, I remember, I, mean, I don't remember your back hurting that much when we first started training.
1: I had a, I had a lumbar strain at that moment, so it I is, couldn't even lift my leg.
2: Well, as far as like... Which
1: I would get regularly.
2: As far as like, we did not even get into weightlifting. We mm-hmm. did a lot of corrective exercises. So... We eventually moved out of that back pain, and then we started doing some, like, light legs. Mm -hmm. And I remember throwing curtsy lunges at you one time, and then that messed up the knee. And then we were, like, doomed for a little while.
1: For about 14 months or so. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And then we couldn't really train legs at all. So we focused on upper body. So we did a little bit of legs, but nothing like we wanted to. Let that tone down and then we started doing RDLs and some trap bar deadlifts and then we built that up and you were up to like 300 pounds on that mm-hmm. little pushing over and then we flared up the knee again. Mm-hmm. So it's been a journey with that knee. Um, but from what I remember, you caught on pretty quick. We started doing upper body and we started training and we got to a level that was getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, I mean, I remember you looking at your calorie counter all the time and we were a lot of calories pushing 600 in mm-hmm. one hour session. And then you looked at me and you're like, I'm just not feeling good.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: you were still traveling at the time and you're off and on canceling or off and on like, I can't be here this week. I, and I'm like, man, this, I don't know. I don't know if he's, I don't know if this is it. I think we reached a limit and he might be quitting on me. So that was my thought process. And then I remember looking at you one day, and you were, like, tired. And you are like, I don't think I can push through this one. And I'm like, when's the last time you had your blood work? And he, like, looked and looked. and 10 years. Ten years? I was like, um, it's time to get blood work. So then you get your blood work. And I remember you called me. We were supposed to have a session that night. You called me. I remember where I was standing in the gym that day. And you are like, I'm pissed. I'm like, oh gosh, what did I do? <laughs> and I have diabetes. And you were telling me about what the doctor said. And he called me on the phone. You know, he didn't he even. Me. He did not text you. Telling he didn't even pull me in his office. He just texted me. And this is. I'm not happy with that. And just unhappy altogether. Mm-hmm. And I remember you came to the gym that night, and we're like, you ready to talk about food? And you were ready to talk about food. Yeah, but do
1: you also remember I didn't believe it? I was like, this yes. has to be wrong. Yep. There's yep. no way this is wrong. Yep. I have never, you know, it doesn't run in my family. Yes, I was overweight, but, and we'll probably talk more about that later, but diabetes doesn't come from being overweight. It comes from a lot of other factors, but mm-hmm. it just didn't make any sense because I hadn't been on the journey of discovering what caused diabetes, but I, I didn't believe it at first. Yeah, it took impact. me like two months to go, okay, fine. Now I'm really, <laughs> I'm really pissed.
0: You know, and prior prior to you having blood work, I know that you guys had discussed nutrition and alcohol and mm-hmm. sleep no. and traveling off and on. And the hard part about the hard part about nutrition, and in our last in my last podcast with Dr. Land, I said nutrition is one of those subjects that to me falls into like politics and religion. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as you start talking to somebody about nutrition and you're like, hey, let's talk about food. Everybody's like, I eat good. It's like the automatic response. And you're like, okay, well, you feel like this, this, and this. Well, yeah, but I want to live too. Or we have people that they have jobs that involve traveling, involves entertaining clients. There's going out to dinner. There's alcohol. It's a socializing part of of the job. Mm -hmm. (gasps) How did you navigate that? Because I know at one point you came around to the point of like, okay, the drink, I have to stop drinking. Not stop drinking. I have to clean up
1: address it. Yeah. what I've
0: got going on because it's, it wasn't helping you feel very good.
1: Yeah, so the whole thing, like, I remember because we went to Seattle right as I got for our three week break, right as I got diagnosed with uh, diabetes. But that night in the gym, I said, I'm going to go home and have a couple of beers and think about this. And Sherry was like, you go do whatever you want, but we're going to have to deal with this. So I even still have a photo of the beer I drank, because I was like, it was August 9, so I have a photo of the whole thing. And then I don't know what it was that happened, but I just went, you know what? I have done this, I have done this, I've accomplished this, I know how to do this. So I just decided I'm going to do this. So I met with a diabetes specialist in Seattle, and my A1C at the time was 8.6, and for people who don't know, that's very high. Uh, between 4 and 5.7 is normal. From 5.7 to 6.5 is pre-diabetic. Above that is diabetic. 8.6 is equal to roughly an average blood sugar of 200. That means that you're walking around at an average of probably 170 when you're fasting and 250 to 300 after you eat. So it was incredibly high. But when I walked into her office, she was like, I think you can turn this around because I'd already lowered it just in like three weeks. I'd lowered it like six points. Mm-hmm. She was like, I think you can turn this around. And so um, I was texting with her. I was trying to figure out protein, you know, how to do all the carbs. I was freaking out because I was like, how the fuck am I going to get 200 grams of protein? Because <laughs> it's a lot of... When you're not used to eating that' Like, I can eat a good amount of protein, but right now I'm at 240. I don't understand how I do it. Because when I started, I could barely get, like, 120, 140. Uh, it was really, really difficult. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just... Like everything else in my life, I just decided I do not want to be on medication. I know this is doable. I started reading. I talked to the diabetes specialist. I talked with Sherry. I talked with a the therapist. I was like, we got to get this figured out, and I just went apeshit on the nutrition like I do on everything else, and first went really low carb. I didn't go keto because I didn't want to because from my days in microbiology, immunology, that actually damages your body a lot more than people think. It's actually really dangerous the way people sort of sell that as this solution to things. Mm-hmm. It's okay. really dangerous. Agreed. Um, so I didn't want to do that, so I didn't do any more than 70 grams of carbs per day. And I think my calories were between 1,800 and 2,200. And so in a matter of three months, I had the diabetes reversed. My numbers were no longer diabetic. And that's quite a feat, to be honest with you. To drop, what was that, 32% in A1C in three months is massive.
0: Yeah, that's a big deal because usually most people automatically say, what medication do I need?
1: Right.
0: And for you, medication was not an option. No.
1: Not, not unless somebody was going to look at me and say, look, you cannot reverse this. This is, this is too late. There's, right. there's just too much damage. Yeah. But she is an amazing diabetic specialist, and she was like, go do this. Yeah. Go do this.
0: Nutrition and exercise.
1: Yeah, but you got to remember, there's a difference between reversing it Uh, being in remission and what I call curing it, Mm -hmm. there's three different categories. And so the first three months I reversed it. That means your numbers are normal, but you're just managing them. You haven't done anything yet other than lower your blood sugar. Your beta cells in your pancreas are still damaged and not functioning.
0: Let's define all three.
1: Well, these are my definitions. These aren't like, if you look in a textbook, you're not gonna find this. This is what I learned as I talked to people and and found that, you know, because first of all, diabetes is profoundly complicated. There is no direct explanation for most things having to do with diabetes other than the fact that they have number thresholds for what they consider to be normal, pre-diabetic, and diabetic. It's super confusing. One physician will say that a fasting blood sugar of 120 is actually okay. But the American Diabetes Association says that a fasting blood sugar of 99 is as high as it should be. They, they have, each group has different standards because every human being is different. So my fasting blood sugar, even though I'm re- doing really well right now, is anywhere between 79 to 120. But my specialist has no problem with the 120 fasting blood sugar because she knows I'm a tight ass, I'm stressed out, and so I'm gonna have higher fasting blood sugar, especially when I wake up. Anyway, so the three, um, the three things are, you can reverse diabetes, by losing weight, going on keto, which is super popular. Lots of people go on keto and they stay on keto and they don't need medication and it's wonderful. Damaging your body in other ways, you're stuffing your liver full of fat and all kinds of other terrible things happen, but you do reduce your blood sugar because if you're not eating eating any carbohydrates, your body's not releasing any blood sugar into the
0: bloodstream. It's not dumping it.
1: So reversal is just you get your numbers into a range that's no longer diabetic. You can reverse it and then you have a meal of pasta or pizza and you're right back to diabetic practically immediately because your body doesn't know what to do with it. It hasn't known for however many years. Uh, Being in remission is a process whereby you then learn to reintroduce carbohydrates, which Sherry remembers. We started to increase the carbohydrates, and I watched, okay, what does my body do? So I wore a continuous glucose monitor, which was a lot of fun. (laughs)
0: yeah
3: Yeah.
1: poor sherry got text every five minutes look at this look at this oh my god look at this um started to eat carbohydrates to figure out what carbohydrates does my body not like what carbohydrates can it manage because i had this hunch from reading a bunch of the you know literature which i'll share a little bit more about later but your body does go through a process where it learns how to process carbohydrates again if you let it if you stay in keto, then you'll, your body will never learn that. And if Armageddon comes and you have to eat some Chef Boyardee, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not a good idea to be on a keto diet because you will never be able to eat carbohydrates ever again if you ever want to live. Uh, but being in remission is this process. And there's actually the the way that I found this there's um the Diabetes Association in the UK is really really cool. They have a lot of articles written about how you reverse diabetes, and they also have a lot of studies showing that this can last for 20, 30, 40 years. And they consider people cured, even though you're not allowed to really use that word because it lets people chill and start eating how they used to. Right. Uh, but there's this guy, he's probably six foot, 185, muscular guy, goes to the doctor, gets diagnosed with diabetes. Just out of the blue, has no idea why. And he goes through this process, and they describe this process, where he gets his blood sugar down, by going into a calorie deficit, because you don't have to do keto, you can also just do a calorie deficit to get the blood sugar down. And then he goes through the remission process where it's a trial and error of figuring out what can I eat, what can I not eat. And then the final step to be cured is to put on muscle.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You cannot you cannot uh, permanently reverse cure or treat or heal your diabetes without putting on a significant amount of muscle. and You know, when I post on Facebook about this, I say things like, you don't have to be a bodybuilder, but my diabetes specialist was like, you put on as much muscle as you possibly can, and it will serve you well for the rest of your life. Like, put on as much muscle. She goes, I don't care how much you have to eat, I don't care how much you have to train, you put on a lot of muscle. Because muscle sucks the blood sugar out of the bloodstream and into the muscles, which is what is supposed to be happening, which Mm -hmm. is why I said that the causes of diabetes are really complicated. And the influencers have very simple answers and diagnoses, which really piss me off. You know? mm-hmm. Overweight people get diabetes. Not true. Yep. Lots of overweight people do not get diabetes. Lots of overweight people are actually quite healthy compared to a lot of the skinny people. you see. Yep. It's a complicated story.
2: So there's not one protocol. It's the protocol goes with sleep, with stress, what your nutrition looks like, building mm-hmm. muscle, your Alcohol cardiovascular health alcohol intake mm-hmm. so there's numerous protocols there's not just one
1: Mm-mm. You know, and, and that's what a actually, lot of people- there's such a thing as stress-induced diabetes that perfectly normal healthy human beings get there are athletes that get to type 2 diabetes because they crush their bodies too much meaning they work out way too hard
2: mm-hmm. and the
1: metabolic system doesn't know what to do anymore and so it just goes okay we're just gonna lose it You have a type one and a half diabetes, which is an autoimmune slash type two. They're not really sure where it comes from. Then you have type one diabetes. Then you have type three diabetes, which is Alzheimer's. And there's like 17 others. There's so many different ones. And doctors, I feel bad for, because they're trying to address uh, an epidemic in this country where people come in, they're told they they have diabetes, and they say, look, you really need to get a handle on this by eating healthy and getting in shape. And the exercise isn't just to lose weight. It's to reduce stress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, most people don't want to hear this. Most people are like, yeah, 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 whatever. We're, I'm not interested. So doctors get a bad rap for not telling people what I discovered. But my diabetes specialist, once she saw that I was serious, yeah, most last time don't when I was in listen. Seattle, she was with me for an hour and 45 minutes. That's awesome. How do you eat? What do you do when you go out? I want to know. Can you wear a monitor for me so I can show it to other people? I mean, she was like, finally, somebody wants to actually do something about this. Yeah. They will sit down with you and do that. And not but not the- if you come in and go, I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's yeah. too hard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, then and here's I- a
1: pill. That's all That's I got for you. Easy.
0: It. And it's yeah. frustrating because you are walking proof. You've been here with us. I mean, we have seen your before and after in every In every way. And everybody always looks at before and after like, oh, he looked like this before and now he looks like this after. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's blood work to this. There's overall health to this. There's, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. But between you and um, our client Ingrid, the two of you have had this unbelievable life change. Mm -hmm. And so many people come up to you guys that you've known for forever and they're like, oh my God, what have you done?
3: Mm.
0: And both of you give the same answer of nutrition and exercise. And everybody's like, no, 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 like really, like what's your secret? Like what did you really do? Like what fat burner did you take? Like what supplement have you taken? Like what shot have you taken? Like none. Mm -hmm. Like it's been hard work and nutrition and education and nonstop paying attention to what my body needs. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And people have looked at both of you and been like, Okay, well whatever it is that you're doing works. It's like it's no it's not easy. It's simple. It's simple. Yeah. It's really it, hard. It's yeah. it's hard to to mm-hmm. stick to. It's hard to work out. It's hard to be dedicated to. But as far as like what it takes, it's simple. Like you, when I look at your breakfast, it's simple.
1: It took a long time to get to that breakfast though. Yeah. It did. It took a long time to figure it out because as Sherry and I started talking, Sherry eats a particular way that does not work for me.
3: Yeah, like <laughs> so in. I remember
1: sitting in my office the fourth day Yum, in a row chicken. trying to eat chicken and <laughs> a little bit of cheese and some avocado, and I threw up. And I texted her and with a few F-bombs, and I'm like, I can't I can fucking do this any longer. I cannot eat like this. Then I started to read about bodybuilders, and I love milk. Mil- milk is like I could drink a gallon of milk a day.
0: And no with, problem. And with where you're from...
1: Scandinavia, yeah, I mean yeah. I grew up drinking a lot of milk, but I started to read that bodybuilders Have a hard time eating like that too at least very many of them do they like high-fat diets because I don't know if it's guys I, I don't know what it is yep. but a high-fat diet works for me. I Can't go high carb low fat like the moment Sherry brings the blow fat remember when we were at the yes. the, 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 the bodybuilding book by Arnold I was yeah. like low fat. No yeah. way can't do it. Yeah. So anyway, I, I discovered dairy and that saved my, that saved this whole journey. If I hadn't found dairy, I couldn't have done this.
0: And you know, that's like the opposite of what everybody else preaches, which is All funny the because they're say, like, you cut, down on cut the dairy. out on the dairy. And there's those of us that can have it and there's those of us that can't. And those of us that can have it, like if you can have it, go for it. Game on. It's an excellent source of protein. Like people that ask us, hey, what should my kid drink after they work out? Chocolate the milk. response is chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing for a kid to drink after they work out it's Maybe loaded a with calcium milk yeah. yes, please don't get like <laughs> the the high fructose corn syrup chocolate milk um it replenishes glucose it's loaded with protein, it has calcium it helps build bone i mean mm-hmm. chocolate milk for kids growing up after they work out, go for it game yeah. on and as adults, if we can handle it, awesome, load it up because it's the same thing it's an excellent source of protein. But if we really study ourselves, the things that you can eat, um, and you bring up a great point. Men do use fat more than women when it comes to working out. Women use more carbohydrates when we work Mm -hmm. out. So men have a tendency to be like, listen, I feel better with more fats in my diet, whereas women are like, hey, listen, we feel better with more carbs in our diet. but we're all different. Like the even the things that Sherry and I do, a fairly similar diet, we do mm-hmm. fairly similar workouts. There's things that she can eat that I cannot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, my stomach can't handle that. Mm-hmm. And it's healthy stuff like yep. cabbage, sweet potatoes and high volume. Um, here recently I found out oats. These are things that everybody would deem as super healthy. Whenever I eat them, they literally tear up my stomach. Mm-hmm. And... The body processes things in different ways, Mm -hmm. and it can attack the food that you eat, Mm -hmm. basically, as you're digesting it. Um, As it breaks down, the way the body uses it, disposes of it, processes it, we go back into this diabetic conversation that can be related back to food and how the body breaks it down and uses it, that, no, you don't have to be an obese individual Mm -hmm. to have diabetes. Not at all you could be walking around looking like a super fit dude. I mean, I've seen super fit people walking around eating Fruit Loops and Gummy Bears and all sorts of stuff, and they're like, but I need this
1: mm-hmm.
0: for my workouts. Mm-hmm. And then enter type 2 diabetes.
1: Yeah, and some people get uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease out of nowhere. There doesn't seem to be a reason as to why it happened. This guy, this, this uh, article I mentioned from the U.K., was exactly that. He he was a fairly fit dude. I mean, he was not out of shape at all. But somehow fat got into his liver and into his pancreas, and that causes diabetes. Might have been stress. They never figured out what did it for him. But it is it's just it's really unfortunate to listen to these uh, you know, influencers say things like, you know, if you're overweight blah blah blah, you're going to get diabetes. That's not true. Yeah. Not true at all. In fact, there's an endo- uh, endocrinologist that I follow that Sherry introduced me to. He's a uh, guy that rags on processed foods all the time Um, i think you know i'm talking he's a pediatric neuroendocrinologist and he actually he contends that one of the main reasons for diabetes is yes processed foods but stress
0: stress stress is
1: massive because i've gone through i have something called complex PTSD, and sherry knows about this but when i have episodes where that kicks in and my stress my anxiety level or panic whatever you want to call it kicks in i've seen my blood sugar go from the high 90s to 250 without eating food so you can imagine the impact that has if you add sedentary lifestyle and food to that mix Mm
2: -hmm. and you know it's It's, which brings up a point remember when you had the monitor and you had a stressful meeting and you went in and it stayed there
1: yeah and 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 it it stays there your body doesn't know what to even yeah
2: that's why you started walking a lot. <laughs> Especially that's how our journey started yeah. like after a meal let's go for a 15 minute walk. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing like miles at a time. Yeah. Cuz we got obsessed.
0: <laughs> no. You guys but 15 ob- you minutes got- is
2: great. That means let's times 3.
1: Actually I do 25 <laughs> minutes at a time yeah. twice a day. Before I come here.
0: Yes, I know. Uh, you two are two of my favorite ob- yes. obsessive people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you bring up a great point and if your amazing wife was here I would tell her about like praise her for this book that I think she gave it to Sherry as well. It's called When the the Body Body Says Says No. No.
1: Oh, what an incredible book, yeah.
0: I just started reading it. I'm only 20 pages into this book, because I read it at night, like Mm -hmm. a couple pages before I go to bed. I'm only 20 pages in, and my mind is blown on this book. And if
1: you've ever had any trauma in your life, you you will cry when you read this book, because a lot of stuff will start to make a lot of sense.
0: It's unbelievable. So, basically what this book talks about is how... For years, doctors have separated mental from physical. Like, this person over here has, we'll say MS, mm-hmm. multiple sclerosis. Their MS has come from genetics or whatever. These are their symptoms. We're going to just treat this physical side. It wasn't until this doctor, who's in palliative care, um, started actually asking his patients about their life. And they all started to have similar stories. They all had some sort of childhood or life traumatic event that caused them to have um, a natural, basically a subconscious way of responding to things that had become so ingrained that they didn't even realize it was stressful. Mm -hmm. And it was creating stress in their life. They would react a certain way. Mm That eventually, to the point that sh- that chronic stress that they carried throughout their life eventually showed up as chronic disease. Yes, and we're talking serious crap like yes. Alzheimer's, cancer,
3: diabetes. type two diabetes,
0: arthritis, um, arthritis, yes, you name it, and this multiple sclerosis. And the the connection between the two. And like I said, I'm only 20 pages into this thing, so I'm super excited to read the rest of it because it's
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's so powerful. Yeah. And it totally changes your perspective on what health can be. And, you know, especially for us in the fitness world, with fitness being a relatively new, we'll call it a genre, a relatively new field.
1: In its current form, it's relatively new, but Dr. Arnold, it's been around for a long time. It's been around for forever.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, because we've said back in the day, everybody was super active. They were farmers, they mowed their own grass, they took care of their own stuff. So very few people in 1940 had a gym membership. Right. Right? Enter into present day where gyms are prevalent everywhere, fitness is all over social media and you can get it for free anywhere. We have all sorts of health and chronic disease epidemics going on in our country. Stress levels are at an all-time high. And getting worse getting way worse trauma is at an all-time high mental health awareness is being brought about because I mean for a reason Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like there is some major crap that has been happening over the past decade or so that is that is getting worse and worse and worse and worse that everybody's just kind of brushing under the rug and saying oh well cancer is just getting worse because there's more people and you know it's just a bad thing Cancer, stress, metabolic disease. I mean, mm-hmm. we can sit here and talk for forever about things that can cause cancer. Yeah. And at the end of the day, people are like, medical world is almost like, oh, well, it's just luck, bad luck of the draw for you. Yeah, I mean, but, look at the, somebody
1: posted a meme this morning between Mitch McConnell and Mick Jagger. They're both the same age. Mm-hmm. One guy is having frozen moment, and I don't make fun of that. But one guy's having frozen moments in interviews. That's Mitch McConnell. He cannot, he'll just blank out. He clearly is having like transient ischemic attacks or something. Mick Jagger is running around like a madman dancing and crazy. One guy was a rock and roller, smoker, smoke, uh, coke snorter, alcoholic, and he's fine. Mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell lived a fairly normal life and he's not fine. Mm-hmm. It's not just health and fitness that mm-hmm. impacts this. Not at all. Yeah. There's other stuff going on. It's funny you bring it up because I... Uh, With my diagnosis of CPTSD, which I don't want to get too much into it, there's a test you can take called the ACES test. It's the Adverse Childhood Experience Survey or something along those lines. And it's just 10 simple questions that go over what you experienced as a child. And most physicians will do this if they suspect, hey, you know, this person has chronic illness. We need to figure out where this came from. And since they introduced it like in the 90s, that's where a lot of this, that's where this book comes from. It's this ACEs test of, like, what type of stressful events did this person go through as a child? And when they do the correlation between, like, what the incidence of depression is, it's insane. What the incidence of diabetes is, it blows your mind. A person that has an ACEs score over 3 or 4 has, like, a 4,000 times greater chance of developing diabetes than a person who has a score of 1.
0: Yeah. you know, Like,
1: it's verifiable. Like, this person is most likely going to get diabetes at some point, whether they eat poorly or not.
0: Yeah. And you know it
1: Well, helps. Yeah. But it's yeah, not what causes it's not the, it's it.
0: It's not
2: the number one protocol. Like, right.
0: You know, and if people if people really understood the power of their actions, mm-hmm. the power of their words, the mm-hmm. power of the way they treat each other, mm-hmm. I fully believe that people would be different. Oh, yeah. they would For act sure. different. Like
2: sure. or the way they treat yourself.
0: Yeah, the so way they treat so they themselves. Care. Absolutely. Yeah. Um the way we talk to ourselves, like a lot of that plays a big role in, in our overall health. And people neglect it thinking that we're, listen, working out in health is super simple. Just eat less and move more.
3: Right.
0: And you want to talk about the most frustrating thing that we battle on a daily basis in the fitness industry is eat less, move more. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Like you talked about earlier, you can cause some serious damage by working out a lot. And pushing your body into high intensity. I mean, we know I a woman. Did. <laughs> you did it. We know We know a woman that in her Man. late 20s, early 30s, maybe, sent herself into menopause.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like smashed her hormones so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Menopause. Yeah. Like that's some messed up crap. And if people really understood all of that, like the weight of stress, the weight of what pushing the human body the human body is breakable Mm
1: -hmm.
0: very much so it'll break
1: your metabolic system won't break
0: yeah that's i mean the hardest part about being human is being human
1: yeah i mean i think in january february march somewhere around there i was still going fairly low carb and sherry was trying to get me to eat more it was really hard because I dropped 52 pounds, and the new feeling of leanness is pretty cool, you know. Right. It was really, really scary for me to start eating again, and so without telling her, I was like, I would like fast for a day to make up for a cheap meal or something. Mm-hmm. But, in addition to some really stressful trauma-type type stuff I was dealing with, uh, I was in New York, and my body hit a wall where every joint swelled up. And I was texting with Sherry saying, like, I can't even walk. Like, I, can't, I cannot move. I don't know what's, what the hell is going on. It felt like I weighed, like, 5,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started eating, like, significantly more calories that I started to feel good again. Yeah. What's
0: so your I, ca- huh? I'm sorry, what's your calorie intake at right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: supposed to be 3,500, which we just discovered because I've been eating between 2,800 and 3,000, and that's not enough. So I go, I'll go four days at 3,000 calories and then bonks. I box and I have to order two or three burgers, a bunch of onion rings just to get food into me because I, I, my body just screams. Yeah. And I don't gain weight. I mean, I'm clearly not like gaining a bunch of weight from it. It's, no. I'm training a lot. I, by, by the time I get here mm-hmm. four days a week, I've already done 10,000 steps. I've already eaten 2,000 calories, but I'm already hungry when I get here. Mm-hmm. And then we do an hour and a half session here. And then sometimes I go home and walk more or ride the bike for 20 minutes. That's a lot of movement.
0: And let's talk about this. So this is really cool. And this is gonna blow people's mind. At the beginning of the show, you talked about eating 1,800 to 2,200 calories, yeah. right? We also talked about putting on a ridiculous amount of muscle. Mm-hmm. Muscle is a transporter. Mm-hmm. It is, as Dr. Lyon says, the the muscle of, or the organ of longevity. Mm-hmm. It is Its job is to facilitate movement mm-hmm. of chemicals, cells, waste. I mean, it's, it co- It brings nutrients in, it puts nutrients out. Mm-hmm. We Our muscle is unbelievably powerful.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You started at 1,800 calories. 2,200. Ish. Yeah, 2,200. I was 2200 in a serious
1: ish. calorie deficit. That's though. a serious <laughs> calorie
0: deficit. So we're now up to needing 3,500 calories. That is what muscle does. Mm-hmm. People that come in and they're like, I just need to move a whole lot and eat very little so that I can be a stick. Mm. I, just, I just want to be a stick. My goal is to be a stick. First of all, a stick breaks.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll just start there. A stick is going to break. You have to, you have to eat. And if you're wanting to put on muscle, you have to feed it. So instead of focusing on losing weight, if we focus on putting on muscle, all of that naturally happens. And once we start, it's hard to get feeding, there up here, though. It's extremely yeah. <laughs> hard to get there. At least for me, it's like a, a reverse, um, like a reverse psychology almost. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm not, I don't want you to focus on losing weight, because focusing on losing weight puts us in this scarcity mindset, which can be very negative. I can't do this. I can't have this.
2: And you lose lean muscle.
0: Absolutely. So yeah. you don't.
2: I mean, you lose fat, but you're losing lean muscle
0: because you're you're trying to put muscle on. But you're not feeding it. Yeah. So when you don't have the ability to to put some building blocks
3: mm-hmm.
0: on your building, you're basically just wasting your time, mm-hmm. wasting your energy. Once you got to the point where you're like, you know what? I've lost 52 pounds. I'm and 12 needing... pounds
1: heavier than that now, but <laughs> I'd like to think that's only muscle, right?
0: We're putting, we have to put <laughs> some muscle on. Yeah. Which, And that's the other funny part. Everybody's like, well, muscle weighs more than fat. No, it doesn't. Muscle and fat weigh the same thing. Different density, but they weigh different the density. They're one different pound sizes. Is one pound. Yeah. Exactly. If if there's one thing I could change besides move more, eat less, it's that muscle weighs more than fat. It does not. That's like saying bricks weigh more than feathers. They don't. No. A pound a pound equals a pound. Yes. Which I wish Melissa was here because it reminds me of the day where she was like, Hey, how many feet are in a hundred feet? <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> I hope you listen to this. <laughs> anyway. A pound is a pound. They're different sizes, right? So we could take Christian, let's just say you weighed 205, totally change your whole life, lean you out, add a ridiculous amount of muscle, and you could still weigh 205 and wear seven pant size less.
1: I weighed 20 pounds, no, 15 pounds more now than I did in high school. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely a lot bulkier than when I was in high school. Meaning, like, But I'm still I'm leaner but bulkier, meaning I, yeah. I have more muscle on me than I, I did when I was in high school.
0: Yeah, And like, it takes a ridiculous amount of calories to feed that muscle. Like muscle is very expensive it's frightening
1: to, to eat that amount of food is not easy.
0: It's no, actually it's really
1: hard. That's a lot of food. People don't realize that's a lot of food.
0: You spend the majority of your day chewing. <laughs>
1: yes, I do. Or my meals are anywhere between 1,000 thousand and fifteen hundred 1,500 calories. And I need that much to not feel hungry anymore. Mm -hmm. She'll tell you. I just ate four burgers. How can I still be (laughs) hungry? How's it possible?
2: And nine eggs. (laughs) (laughs) But he even had to change suit brands, the suits that you used to wear to work. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. The lady finally was like, you can't even use that suit anymore. Yeah, I've gone through
1: three wardrobe changes, but now she wants different suits because my body type is different. Like everything about my body changed, so she wants a different... um, Style what, of suit. what brand
2: was it? Hugo Boss.
1: Hugo Boss is what she, what she wants yeah. to put me in, something like more that, for lean men. people. Which for me yeah. to hear that, I I almost cried. I was like, "What? You're saying I'm lean? <laughs> you know, to just to hear that is is kind of a, a weird experience."
0: But, yeah, it's it's a totally. But one thing I was gonna one.
1: say about eating less and moving more. One thing. I mean, and I hope everybody that gets diagnosed with diabetes does the kind of research I did, but there's a bunch of people out there who are non-diabetics who will wear these continuous glucose monitors and they'll share, they'll share their story online of what that looks like. People don't know this. Do you know what happens when you do not eat enough? Your blood sugar skyrockets because your body doesn't know what else to do other than to try to break stuff down and release blood sugar into your bloodstream. So People that wear continuous glucose monitors or nine diabetics will fast for 24 hours and then eat something, and the blood sugar goes over 250. Because mm-hmm. your body's not meant to fast. Sorry intermittent fasters, it's not healthy yeah. for you. Agreed. No matter what an influencer says, you got to look at the data which shows that it's not that healthy for you. It's not. There are times where you probably should fast, but to practice it as a lifestyle, Probably not the best.
0: No, not so much because, because I mean, the
1: moment you do eat, your body goes berserk, it doesn't know what to do anymore.
0: Yeah. And your brain requires fifty percent of your body's glucose at all times yeah. at all times. It's a
1: great way to be in a calorie deficit, but yeah, it's not healthy.
0: No, and when you start when and people start walking like a... around in like the brain fog, I feel like I don't have any energy, you start getting straight. the headaches. those are signs that your 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 blood sugar, your glucose is low. Yeah. Because your brain is telling you, hey, listen, my glucose is low right now. You better bump this shit up because I weird need to The weird thing I is, I though, if function. you measure
1: your blood sugar, it can still be high. Because I've, I've, I've actually gone through this. But your body is still in that fog because it's mm-hmm. not utilizing the type of glucose it wants to utilize. It's pulling it from other stores it doesn't want to pull from. Right. So, yeah, it's, some people will be low. For me, if I fast, my fasting blood sugar can go up to, like, 120, 130. It goes through the roof. Because my body is going, hey, we don't have any energy. Let's pump a bunch into the bloodstream so he can do something.
2: Whereas if you're eating meals regularly, it's more level. Yeah, it spikes, but it goes down because your
1: body produces insulin, your muscles are sensitive to insulin, and it drops the blood sugar. That's usually what for you? What's that? 80-90,
2: right?
1: 80-90. So my my morning fasting blood sugar can be high because I tend to wake up pretty stressed out. Shocker. Um, But then as soon as I have a meal, it'll... Depending on what type of meal I have, if I have you know, 50, 60 grams of carbs, it'll spike to 150, it'll drop into the 80s, and, and then you know, I'm hungry again.
0: <laughs> and the other great thing about muscle is it increases our insulin sensitivity. Massive. Massively, which is super important. Because So everybody thinks that insulin, insulin is a bad thing. We, we need insulin. Insulin is a good thing. What I tell people is, I want you to think about insulin like the city bus. Mm -hmm. it's a transporter. Insulin's job is to come into your bloodstream, it collects sugar, collects glucose, and it transports it to your cells and your muscle. Mm -hmm. If you have a lot of muscle tissue, a lot of lean muscle tissue, and you're active and you're using it and you're building it, you have more of those molecules to to deposit glucose into. Mm -hmm. Whenever you're working out, muscles release that glucose. Mm -hmm. It's a constant... Um, cycling mm-hmm. so in, out, in, out,
2: stop at one stop for no. too long. It's kind of like, when, you're yeah, it's kind of like bus. when we were
0: in New York and Queens and we stopped <laughs> yeah. every five feet and <laughs> picked people up. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. where we get in trouble is when we don't have that lean muscle to be able to put those glucose, free, to be able to dump the glucose off the city bus.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: They stay on the bus and the bus has to take that somewhere. And it starts storing it places. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon you have this extra sugar and glucose built up in places where it really shouldn't belong. It
1: also turns it into a lot of fat, but yeah.
0: Absolutely. So now we have things stored in certain places that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. It's stored in your liver. It's stored around your organs. Pancreas, yeah. It's stored in really bad places.
3: Yeah,
0: That's why... When your doctor told you, hey, listen, you need to put on a ridiculous amount of muscle. Mm-hmm. The more muscle you put on, the more places the city bus has to stop.
1: Right. And here, here is the, the part. I, sh- I, I should have shared this. But when I had reversed my diabetes, my ALT, which is a liver function test in December, was still 54. The high end of the ALT test is 50, which is still way too high. But if you're below it, you're not really in any kind of danger. Mine was still high. Uh, this time last month, it was in the 30s, in the low 30s. Hey. And I asked her about it. I go, what is, d-? I mean, I had dropped the same amount. I was like, wait a minute. I was already lean then. She's like, yeah, but we hadn't gotten rid of the visceral fat. The visceral fat was the fat stored in your pancreas and your liver.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's why she's actually put in her notes. And I don't, I don't want to put her on the spot, so I won't say her name. But she texted me her notes. And her notes say that she will actually consider me cured. Mm-hmm. if I continue to put on more muscle, but that's because she saw the visceral fat, the fat inside the liver and the pancreas go away. But that can be there, even if you've dropped all the external weight, it can still sit there. Mm-hmm. But sure the only that. way to get rid of that is to reduce stress, continue to move, and eat whole foods. I mean, she was huge on this. She's like, if you eat only whole foods, that stuff will go away. The problem with processed foods is that your body doesn't really know what to do with it. Yeah. And so it goes, oh, we'll stuff that in the liver. We're not sure what else to do with that type of thing. Lab grown meat and we'll stuff that right in the liver.
0: And you know, something else that she said that got you a little fired up was don't get injured. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I'll tell you why that, that why a lot of doctors say stuff like that. Um it is very common for people we've seen it in our previous career. Um It happens in the United States all the time. People suddenly get this motivation, I need to work out. Or my doctor told me that I need to lose some weight, so i got to go to a gym and work out. A lot of these people don't know what they're doing. They are following influencers online. This person looks super fit, and they're doing this stuff, so that's what I need to do. Mm -hmm. People that haven't worked out in years, forget months, years, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: we've now reached this point where i got to go to the gym and work out. They go get a gym membership. They join some place that does, I don't know, 52 different circuits in an hour. Mm -hmm. And they're like packed in there like sardines. You're just going to move from this one to this one then this one, and you're going to do all of this stuff. And then, bam, you're going to go home. Great job today, guys. Good workout. They're there maybe three months, Mm -hmm. and they hurt their back or they hurt a shoulder. And now they're like, well, damn, I was doing okay. But then they're not eating right. They don't know how to eat because mm-hmm. they're eating less. So we're having salads and skipping meals. And this influencer says keto is the way. And nobody has a direction. Nobody has the education. They they start, they get hurt, and then they stop.
1: Mm-hmm. Or they have trainers or coaches that will push them too hard. I always jokingly say that if I had a male trainer, I probably would have been injured already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sherry is... Psycho as it is, <laughs> I'm joking.
3: we I'm all joking. know. No, but, it, but, but but seriously,
1: I mean, there, there's I have seen personal trainers that can eat, that do injure their clients because yeah. they're like, hey, let's go crazy, let's do this. Her, so my specialist concern was she has seen people reverse diabetes before, mm-hmm. and then they get injured and they lose their motivation, which is a yep. crap word anyway. You shouldn't be motivated; you should have discipline. That's a different conversation, mm-hmm. but absolutely. Uh, well, we
0: can have that conversation. She was like, like I've seen,
1: one. actually, got, I can tell you horror stories. Because the the thing with diabetes, it's no different mm-hmm. than cancer. You can be in remission and be cured of cancer. That doesn't mean you go inhale a bunch of tar yeah, and give yourself cancer again. It's going to come back with a vengeance. And usually when cancer comes back, it comes back with a vengeance. Diabetes is no different. It comes back worse. Mm-hmm. And so her point was, if you get injured, please keep moving. Do not yep. stop moving. Whatever you do, you have done this. Keep doing this. Yep. Keep eating as much as you want, as long as it's Whole Foods, but don't stop. Back on. Your back stick on. your arm back on yeah. and keep this going. Just a flesh wound. I think it's just, it's really sad that her career is filled with these stories where yeah. she sees people do what's really hard and then they get excited. And then they, you know, injure their shoulder or their knee, which, I mean, I've been injured pretty much since we started. Mm-hmm. My knee has been screwed up the whole time. I haven't stopped working out once. Mm-hmm. I've hobbled along. I've walked telling my knee to stop fucking swelling
2: (laughs) (laughs) stop that walk a different way
1: right no right haven't i though i have because this had nothing to do with motivation Mm -mm. nothing to do with motivation of any kind this was not motivation for me this was something different this was like i knew there had to be an internal change Mm -hmm. that's why then the 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 reel that i created yep physical health is only 10 percent of what was going on inside me the 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 eating and the the uh, the lack of whatever the the health and fitness is only 10% of why i have diabetes. Yeah. I I know that for a fact.
0: The um the fact that people start and get moving in that direction and then they stop, i mean that is a it's a common thing, is mm-hmm. sadly enough. And i believe that the fitness industry needs to do a better job of having educated coaches to be able to help people on a deeper level, yeah, which is something that Sherry and I have become very passionate about. And our staff has, is 100% on board with that, that we wanted to help people in a much deeper way, as opposed to just giving people a good workout because that can be temporary. Oh yeah. No, and for sure. yeah. that's not at all what people need. I mean, if you're talking about changing your life, mm-hmm. curing diabetes and you know, the, the word, um, Oh my gosh!
2: Or having a better mental health life.
0: Um, you know when they when they give out the diet for diabetes, managing it.
1: Yeah, 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 managing it.
0: the the word that they use is managing. We want you to manage your diabetes. They very rarely do they speak of curing it because it doesn't happen very often.
1: It's because people aren't willing to do it usually.
0: People aren't willing to do it, and yet there's there's very few coaches in the fitness industry that know how to help someone do it and to be able to walk that journey and have the hard conversations with clients i mean the two of you have had some really hard conversations mm-hmm. that have been like hey this diet that you gave me sucks. i can't <laughs> <laughs> suck <laughs> i can't do this right. and yeah, this you know, has been and educational it's, for me as well it's helped her cool. because she's had to do a lot of research as well okay The things that we have been classically taught that work. Chicken, vegetables, potatoes, rice, that kind of stuff. Rice, Christian says, gag me with a spoon. Yes. Okay. Put a
1: bullet in my head because I can't live like that.
0: Yeah. Like, now now what? So, there are times where the majority of the world would be like, you know what? This is too freaking hard. I cannot eat this chicken and vegetables. I'm just going to go back to the way I was eating, the way I was drinking, because what you're asking me to do is not okay.
1: Yeah, but I also... I don't know. It's really hard to understand what happened for me when I got diagnosed with diabetes because I was in denial for a while, and then I accepted it. But something internal happened where where I say that this had nothing to do with motivation because there, there was something else going on. Mm-hmm. There was a realization of the, the, the trauma piece of it, like, fuck, yeah. this thing happened, and I got to do something about it. And it was... Anyway, it's I don't know that everybody goes through that. Yes. yes. But yeah, yeah. The, it's really hard. It's I think I was ready to give up about 3 months into the nutritional thing. I I think I was I, I don't know what to do.
3: Yeah.
1: Until I figured out milk. I was like, I can have milk, mm-hmm. I have cottage cheese, I can have yogurt. I mean, kefir. I ate,
2: you were doing kefir for Yeah, but I mean,
1: I ate 80% dairy for 4 months. Yeah. But I was fine with that. I didn't feel hungry. I felt great. It didn't Because My body like... could utilize that just fine. I don't recommend no. everybody do that. No. But and my body was fine and my triglycerides are beautiful, my cholesterol was beautiful.
0: And if you're gonna do stuff like that, you wanna do the real deal. Yeah. Like not skim milk. No
1: whole milk. No don't ever don't. Not even the bother. whole
0: like the low fat cheese, blah 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 blah.
1: Well what most people like don't realize real it, even bodybuilders even bodybuilders will say, Do you skim milk save your fat for anything else? Skim milk is processed food.
0: Yes it is. Mm-hmm.
1: Whole milk is the way God made milk. Mm-hmm. It's got the right concentration or the right you know, um, ratios of carbohydrates to fats to proteins for somebody to build muscle. Mm-hmm. A calf, which comes out with almost no muscle, it needs muscle. That's what milk is for. Yeah. So you start messing with it and make it low-fat, non-fat, it's pointless. You you shouldn't be drinking that stuff.
0: No, and usually when, when you take out the good stuff that makes it taste good, like fat, in order to yeah. make it taste good, you add sugar. You got it.
1: You have to you have to add something in order for it to be palatable. So ev- everything in my fridge is whole fat. Whole fat yogurt, whole fat cheeses, hmm. whole fat milk, whole fat kefir, butter, which, grass fat. Everything's grass fat of course, but
0: No, which leads us down an entirely different conversation of the sugar road, which that is its own pathway of disease anyway. Oh yeah, for sure. um, the the whole picture is what I love. Like The two of you have navigated this entire, this past year and a half, this journey of changing your life together beautifully. Hmm. It's been awesome. Like, even watching you guys as coach and client learn from each other, be able to apply your workouts. You tell her, shit, Sherry, this is freaking hard. And she tells you, suck it up. You have ten more. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there's, she knows when to push, she knows when to stop. Right. She knows when to say, Christian, we need to do this. We need to look at this.
1: It's very rare that I say I'm done, though. But when I say I'm done, she knows I'm done. She knows I'm done. It's like, he's done.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Because he
1: normally doesn't say he's done. And
2: just like the bench press, you know, we started bench pressing and it started bothering your shoulder. I'm A lot. Are you ready to take it back and really learn how to bench press? And we
0: started over. You know, and that you want to talk about something that takes um, being really humble, Mm -hmm. which is something that we have seen a lot of people not be able to do is to say, okay, listen, I need to dial it back, relearn. And and there's been a lot of this, I mean, for all three of us in our lives. Okay, I need to dial it back because I need to relearn bench press, I need Mm -hmm. to relearn nutrition, I need to relearn. communication and that's life and that's yeah. part of what our entire health picture looks like going back to talking about um, trauma and stress if we can all be more aware of things we're, in our lives where it's like okay hang on I need to just take a step I need to yeah. think about what's really happening right now and then make a plan to move forward
1: right, right.
0: and it totally changes the whole perspective of your life
1: yeah, so, I mean, the one thing I, I wanted to share is that uh, both in my business life and pretty much every part of my life, I've never had any problem going to somebody and saying, like, hey, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you please help me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: M- most most people I know, even in the business world, lack that skill
0: And that's of going name. and
1: saying, I don't know what I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's an incredibly important
3: skill.
1: And I went to Sherry and said, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. Now, she didn't have all the answers, and I threw up and avocado but I figured it out but I mean I was like that's what I meant by not having motivation it was the willingness to go I have to relearn whatever it is I was doing wasn't working I want to feel better that's different from motivation you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I want to feel different
0: Yeah, that's a much deeper and health
1: and fitness is 10 to 20% of that yeah the other part is therapy and other stuff yeah but they impact each other like without health and fitness I couldn't function no at all. I don't. When I'm gone for three weeks, I go berserk. You should ask my wife.
2: <laughs> nice hotel. All I'm all thinking about beautiful is like. View. I just want to go work out. <laughs> I,
1: just go <laughs> I just want to go home.
2: I just
0: want to go home. Well, Christian, it has been fantastic having you on the show. My pleasure. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. So for the, everyone to be able to find you, would you like oh, to tell anybody? I got a oh, whole okay.
1: new one. Yeah, I'm, I want to share my. Let's, well, let's talk
0: about media. social media. Where can people uh-huh. find you?
1: Well, I'm on Instagram. I created a new profile called A Guy Who Beat Diabetes, which is the best I could come up with. It doesn't have anything on there now. But my goal is to start posting things about things I learned yeah. as I sort of went through this journey. Because I promised you I would use these, this phrase. These fucking influencers
2: mm-hmm.
1: have all these pat answers to everything. And it, it upsets somebody that has had diabetes or has diabetes greatly when they come up with these very simplistic answers to here's what you do if you have it. And here's why you got it. By the way, it's your fault, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's a very accusatory, shaming, judgmental language. I want to put information out there that that, uh, that I found as I kind of did this because there are people that, that aren't like that. You just yeah. have to cancel. And I love I love cancel culture, by the way. I love <laughs> canceling people. I have nothing I love more than canceling people. I love you it. You just got to cancel the right ones. <laughs>
0: Oh, yes, we did. But anyway, There's no problem with defriending no, or
1: unfriending. Uh, defriending or unfri- anyway, I, I would like, love, like to put information out there for people to find. And honestly, if anybody wants to talk to me, I'd be more than happy to talk to them about it. what is involved. For sure. I love
0: it, Christian. Well, thank you for being with us. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ferrum Athletic Company podcast. If you like the show, please leave us a review, share it with your family and friends, share it on your social media platforms. Our mission is to build better humans through the education of health and movement. If this resonates with you, please shoot us an email at forged at Follow us on social media. Facebook, or Instagram at Ferrum Athletico, and we will see you all soon. Thank you for helping us to build better humans.